Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. <laughs> I'm going to start this one by laughing because we were literally just talking about how we start. I don't know if any of you guys have watched. It's Pitch Perfect, right? Where they're sitting there the and they do that little acapella. warm up before the acapella event. And they're always like, la, 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 la. And that's pretty much what we do. And Rachel was just like, hello. And I'm like, oh, God, that's that's me every time. <laughs> 35 hello. times now I have said hello. <laughs> 35. We're at 35 now. We're so grown up as a podcast. Almost. Yeah. When we, when we get 100, we'll have like a little tea party or something like the Queen and write each other letters because that's what happens when you're British. You get a letter from the Queen if we you make it to 100. We have not yet had tea while podcasting. We've done coffee. We've done wine. I have to confess that today is a rosé day. Rosé all day. Afternoon. Um, it's very warm outside. Cranking up to summertime. I know that because we spent last weekend by the pool and that has led me to believe that I'm no longer white and pale, which I still am. But uh, I've been wearing shorts. I've been embracing it. A little bit of tan. I gained some Let's weight in confidence. England because I went for it with the Indian food and too much boozing. Um, and I've been like, you know what? It's okay. Own it. Wear the shorts. Exactly. Wear the damn shorts. Free the lumps. That's what it's. Free the lumps. Oh, and uh, we so did good. have to reference. I'm going to say how many times I referenced our podcast. Like um, when, I was, when we were by the pool and I was like, you know, Rachel, if you can't tone it, tan it. It's true. We quote we quote ourselves and the myths that we have discussed or and <laughs> and uh, I have to say when I was in England, which is the reason for our absence from the last release, apologies. We're back on track. Um, that I really did lean on our previous podcast about rules. Yeah, quite a lot because I I already set the intention. In the past, when I've traveled to England, I've been like, okay, where am I going to be? Where's the nearest CrossFit gym? What times are their classes? What's the drop-in fee? What do I need to pack in order to be able to do this? And now, like, I'm older, I'm like, okay, well, knee sleeves and, like, all sorts of stuff I got to strap <laughs> on to keep the limbs attached. And I was like, you know what? I'm already going to be bouncing around to try and catch up with as many people as I can because I haven't been home in three years. Then if I have to pack CrossFit stuff, that's like a whole nother case that I need of, of equipment because, you know, I'm of an age where I have my stuff that I like and I'm not willing to compromise. Like if I have to use a that's shitty fair. jump rope, it's oh, going to piss me off. I always pack my jump rope on almost any trip, even though I actually don't, I don't know if I've ever used it. It just always goes in because it's so small. It's, it's like, like the small thing you can take. If I decide to take running shoes and then I drop into a gym and I have to squat, I'm going to be mad about it. Um, so I was like, I'm not going to go with the intention of doing CrossFit because that also then means I have to lean on whoever I'm staying with to drive my ass to the nearest gym. And I was like, nope. Cause then if I decide I'm going to do it, I go and I can't make it to the class. I'm going to end up grumpy. And you know, that's kind of a dick move when you haven't been home for three years to be grumpy cause you can't yeah. get driven to the gym. So I was like, okay, instead, given the all you CrossFitters out there will know this. Murph is coming up. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to England and I will run and I will push up and I will air squat like That's a true. champion. 
our gym doing a push-up challenge this month, and you said you were going to come back and just add hundreds up on the board. Yeah. So I got to England, <laughs> and the first night, you know, I rarely sleep on planes. I find it a way to beat jet lag is to not sleep, and by the time you then go to bed, you're tired enough to sleep through the night. I ended up staying up till midnight the day I got there. So I left on a Wednesday, got there Thursday, stayed up till midnight chatting with my sister, probably drinking too much, and then was just straight exhausted. Wow. So I was like, well, I'm out in London for two days, probably not going to run while I'm in London, probably not going to do any push-ups, but I did luggage carries across London. <laughs> luggage carries. And I'm telling you now, <laughs> the tube, as good as it is, the underground system in London is not that good in some places for travelers with luggage. Like I literally was carrying two big ass bags upstairs and downstairs. And I was thinking like, wow, if I was like weaker or older or like infirm in any way, this would be literally impossible. I would have to be reliant on somebody else to help me. Yeah. Traveling is, is the ultimate sort of functional fitness challenge in some ways. Cause, uh, everyone, I mean, a lot more people travel than probably work out regularly. And I always see like the, 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 the carts, the trolleys mm -hmm. in the airport, and you see people piled up with, like, six suitcases. And you think, how do they even move those, like, to the cart? Like, if they have to move those without a cart, how does that even work? I don't think it does. Um, but, yeah, so I did luggage carries, which I was proud of. Um, almost broke a sweat. Not quite, but almost. <laughs> but right? that was That's only because I was common, carrying so yes. luggage and in the underground and wearing a thick winter coat, and I still didn't quite break a sweat. But I'm, you know, getting closer, <laughs> getting closer. <laughs> Um, and then I went to Wales for two days to see a friend and, you know, I was kind of busy slash a little jet lag. So I didn't do anything there. And then by the time I got to my parents' house, I was like, I'm really kind of like, okay with not doing it's, it. Yeah. Well, so I did nephew chasing instead. Nephew chasing is a workout. I did that for my last vacation in the fall. Which sounds a little bit like I'm a pedophile, but I'm not. Right. <laughs> not that kind of. Yeah. <laughs> My nephew's favorite game with Auntie Rachel actually is push-ups. Um, he likes to crawl on my back and make me do push-ups. Um, so I've found very strategic ways to like do them on my knees or ways that get easier with a human on your back. Mine was running, playing football, or being ridden like some kind of a donkey there you go. situation. So Which that, that, on that wooden floor. Like on wooden floor with no knee sleeves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Knee and sleeves. he's like, faster. And I'm like, bro, when you're approximately hurt. 36 years plus older, you, I'm going to remind you of this. If I'm still alive, I'm going to remind you of how your knees feel in this situation. So the knee sleeves didn't make it in the The knee sleeves did not make saying. it. I did not wash them. And I was like, that is way too offensive. <gasps> if you put those in a suitcase for that many hours, Wow. I packed one pair of you like. You have to do all the laundry as soon as you arrived. Yeah, I packed one pair of shoes, running shoes slash general like maybe boat yardy shoes because I was going to my friend oh, right. in Wales yeah. was working on a boat and I was like I'm not sure where where we're gonna be with that, and I actually stuffed dryer sheets into them mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't stink up my suitcase. Solid move. That is that is. And it worked. It worked really well. But yeah, I got through ten days in England with the grand total of no intentional working out. Which is probably the longest That's a big I've for you. gone in years. And I also set the intention of, you know, I tell a lot of my nutrition clients that like, there's a lot more to food than just like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or, you know, food is fuel. Yes, it is. But then there's also like a big 
social and cultural element to food. And I was like, I need to embrace that and not be that asshole that, because I knew I would be, probably end up eating out a lot or getting like a lot of yes. Indian food, great Indian food. Curry shops. Curry shops. First night in town, curry shop. Um, I didn't want to be that person that was all like uptight and like, oh, can I just have broccoli? Although I did order a side of broccoli for a starter. And <laughs> I wouldn't you know, expect you to live without broccoli for 10 years. And this was funny. I was in a restaurant where my parents live and uh, they didn't have anything for like an appetizer that I really wanted to eat. But one of their sides was roasted broccoli. Hmm. So I was like, great, I'm just going to have some roasted broccoli to start because my parents were having an appetizer. And so I asked the the waitress, and she looked at me like, "I don't know if we can do that." It was it was on the menu as a side dish. Yeah, but it's England, so like it's not on the menu as an appetizer. Really? Oh wow. yeah. Wow, they should listen to our rules podcast. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> they um, really enforce that. Like, she was like, you can only order from the appetizer. It's menu like change until like, like ten minutes. The same, your... like making substitutions too. Like there's a lot of places. Some are um open to it. More increasingly so, but there's a lot of places that if you're like, ah, can I order this, but without whatever right, part of it, they're like, but that's different. No. Like, so what if you had your parents got an appetizer, but you wanted your main course right away? Would they be like, no, you have to wait till the appetizer phase is over? I don't know. I was I was ready to challenge, but I was like, I'm pretty sure you can. And she but wasn't you used to that. Your entree with a side of broccoli, and that would have been fine. Yeah, and my parents wow. were looking at me like, oh, you just you what? Don't fight back. Don't things. fight back. But oh my goodness! Amazing, Your country is very. They managed to bring me my broccoli, but my, t- talking about our rules podcast, I really like. There were definitely moments after about four days when I didn't really have much of a jet lag excuse anymore, and I was settled in the one place I'd be for the longest amount of time, where I started to get a little antsy because I was like, oh god, uh, I don't really want to eat that. I don't want to go out for food, and I really should be working out and I should, 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 should. And I was like, wait a minute, this is 10 days out of many thousands of days you're going to live. So just let it go. Like, yep, I'm not going to undo all the fitness gains. Will I go back a couple of pounds heavier? Probably. Is that the end of the world? No. If I don't work out for 10 days, does that mean I will lose all of my fitness? No. Will I go back and immediately hit a fresh, clean PR? Probably not. But it doesn't mean I can never I mean, yet attain. Gaining I mean, some weight could actually add to your list. I don't know if I gained useful weight. Mass, mass moves mass, <laughs> even if it's, you know, sometimes even if it's fat. Right? So, yes, all of that to say that our podcasts are really useful. So you should probably, <laughs> if this is your first experience, go back to the beginning and get yeah. listening. They, they do, and, and I mean, I think back to them all the time as well because they've kind of served in many ways like little mini chunks of therapy mm-hmm. for either or both of us at times, and um, that is true. All the things we say that we hope are useful to our listeners uh, definitely end up being I mean, the things we need to hear and think through as well. So. Really, it's just probably us saying it out loud as a means of saying like declaring it publicly so then we have to like follow through with that yeah absolutely <laughs> right i mean we've I, we've chatted about that how it is this is accountability for us because if we if we uh say it out loud on the podcast uh the other person is going to remind us of it <laughs> even if people don't write in and say hey you said this thing and then you didn't do it um yeah saying it out loud is accountability so 
There we go. Accountability 101. Well, I'm, I'm glad you survived your 10 days. And, I survived and my 10 days. Freak out and go for a run and start doing squats on your parents' lawn because like they probably would have thought that was just as scandalous, if not more so, than wanting broccoli. They were probably surprised. They were like, are you okay? Because th- this was another weird thing. It was like, both my sister and my parents were, you know, multiple times were like, oh, you're going to be okay at this place. You don't eat that or you don't eat this or you don't eat bread, do you? And I'm like, who was I the last time I was at home? I'm like, oh, wow, they had all these. Yes, I eat bread. Yes, I drink wine. Yes, I eat much food. I just don't eat dairy. Yeah. And I was like, this is really fascinating because that actually showed me that I clearly have, like, moved on and got over a lot of these silly rules because I, I mean I can't yeah. imagine just made that up it probably was the case that last time I was at home I probably did have some silly rule that I, I can't eat bread or I can't do God, I mean you love bread I love bread I would eat bread all day next time they're in town I'll, I'll bake loaves of bread for them and they can watch you eat the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say we we're in the grocery store when my dad picked me up from the station when I I went, I took the train from Wales up to where they live and he was like, oh, we need to pick a couple of things up. And, and I think it was him. Maybe was like, I don't, do you eat bread? I'm not sure if you eat bread. And I'm like, yeah, I eat bread. And we went straight to the bread section and he bought this big crusty loaf of white bread. And I was literally like drooling. (laughs) I'm like, you might want to buy two. That probably won't last for long. And he looked so happy that I was like going to enjoy eating the bread. And that's where I was like, there we go. Food is like a real social thing yeah and you know what a couple of extra lumps a little bit more squish around the midsection totally worth totally retaining all of those experiences just having a good time and it'll all disappear soon enough yeah and i even came straight back into wearing the shorts so i know i noticed that when you were back proud of myself i mean i feel like when you were away i kind of not really planned but inadvertently took like a rest week (laughs) I don't think that necessarily had to do with you because technically speaking, only one workout a week is with you and or imposed by you on most days. (laughs) We did have two Saturdays without... That um, did make me laugh. Your Um, competition class workout. So obviously I trained with Rachel and also our friend (laughs) Jeanette and... And I was like, oh man, like I run our competition class. I usually make up evil workouts for Saturdays. And I was like, oh, I'm probably going to be like Struggle Bus City because those two will have been like working out all the time and I'm coming in hot with jet lag and, you know, no exercise. And then it turns out that both of them were like, she's out of town. Woo! I mean, the intentions were there. And I definitely did do one Murph training workout on my own that Jeanette did not come and join me for. But um, no, it was kind of, I think it would have happened anyway, honestly, even if you were in town because it was like, um, I mean, now that I'm coaching, that week was about people testing certain things, and a lot of them were stuff I had either recently tested or just didn't need to test based on what I was doing. So it was kind of a fortuitous, uh, yeah, kind of thing. I probably would have not done much that week anyway. Well, you know, no harm given the old break of breast every mm-hmm. now and again. I love breast weeks. I know they're hard for you, but I think I... I I can go 10 days. I no think like problem. mentally they're hard for me. <laughs> Physically, I think my body's just like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely true, right? Mentally is what it's hard. You're right. You're right. And yeah, I mean, we, we eventually, when we get around to it, we're going to be talking a little bit about 
how to navigate a training slump um, right. in this podcast. And um, I definitely have felt the wrath of jet lag in training this time mm-hmm. around, which is a new experience. But before we, we talk about that, which is our main topic for this show, um, we're really important now. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we're, we're like academic and legit now. We, uh, we're like college <laughs> professors, practically. Um, we yeah. went to UCSB. <laughs> And our podcast was the subject of a Yeah, I mean, class. I guess we were, we were like a case study. Um, Kate, like, these students in this feminist technologies class um, was assigned our podcast, and then we got to go be guest speakers in their class. Which was very fun. It was. I, I Neither of us knew what femtech was before. <laughs> before but apparently uh we have lots to say to that conversation (laughs) so yeah that's pretty cool it's always nice to know that what you're saying is being heard Mm -hmm. and you know possibly even studied yeah and the students were really cool it was actually really interesting to talk about the things that we talk about with i mean let's be honest like college kids who could like be our kids that is alarming they are less than half our age um, i'm not gonna lie like i sat there a lot thinking about how many of them could be my child yeah and i was like oh all of all you. of them i that none of them looked like um non-traditional students that were maybe over the age of 22 i think there were a couple seniors in class so maybe what seniors in college in this country are usually 21 ish 22 that still, like, it just blows my mind that I could have a child that was in mm-hmm. university All right now. University, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, it was. It was I fun. got to hear academic, like, thoughts on the podcast. I'm not an academic, <laughs> never have been. I'm a recovering academic, so it was a little more. And it was, it was interesting. Hear it, but. There was some big words that went over my head. Um, but you know it's, it takes all sorts. Yeah. So Rachel what, what was there to translate. What was what was your favorite part? What was what, what did um, the kids say that that was your favorite? Ooh, I I mean on one of my favorite parts was was hearing. I mean, so the 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 hookup for this is, is Layla, wonderful Layla, who has been a guest on our show. Um, she's a professor there. And she introduced us to the classes. Um, oh, yeah. And it was she all information gleaned from the internet. <laughs> she just Googled us. So she's like, well, Googled you, and I'm going to introduce you now. And I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was interesting. And it was always kind of fun, like, hearing yourself described by someone who's found your information off the internet. And I was like, oh, that sounds fairly cool. Um, it also made me realize that I need to, like, do something cool, like, and relevant now because like she all of my all cool stuff, stuff is from yeah. sailing and that's great but now I need to do something else that also puts me out there in the world that sounds cool so you know working on that um I honestly one of my favorite parts was like right after class um there were some great questions we had some great discussions and then right after class, like one of the students, like, or was it right at the end of class, asking about, you know, body dysmorphia? Oh, the one who just straight up called me out and was like, yeah. hey, 
do you think your social media feed uh, contributes to body dysmorphia? And I thought that was like a really awesome question. You know, it was bold. It was mm-hmm. to the point and it was like no BS. Yeah. This, this is obviously a real thing, you know, like we all experience it to different, de- differing degrees. Um, but I thought that was a really it was cool. astute and kind she of had also shared and she had shared earlier you know as an international student coming to this country um right how she kind of struggled with i don't know struggled is the right word but like became aware of the fact that like she dressed differently mm-hmm. than like california girls that she was rooming with and she considered you know changing up her fashion and um you know changing those things about herself just because based on who she saw around her so I mean, yeah, I thought I thought it was really cool, and all the conversations about social media were so interesting. And um, you know, one of like the there was a, a few people in the room who were not from California, and like both of us sitting there as, as like immigrants, seat. and like yeah. the conversation around you know culture and expectations, mm-hmm. and you know how you feel like you should look or dress or present yourself, and like somebody, I think somebody asked a question about you know how do you kind of get past feeling like you should look a certain way yeah. it came down to one simple answer that was travel you know get out mm-hmm. in the world and see that yeah. you know if you come from whatever country in Europe for example then you might not be living in a place where no one has wrinkles and everyone has yeah. big lips and perfect hair because like certainly like that's one of the observations I made when I moved to California and I was just like oh wow, uh, I don't have long, thick hair. I don't have big boobs. Uh, my face definitely moves. My, my lips are of a normal size. My lips are I of think. a normal size. <laughs> Is, should I change? And, you know, we do live in a kind of a bubble here where there's just a really high prevalence of, like, people going down the same path of, like, plastic surgeries or yeah. you know injectables or hair extensions and you know we we've both shared our experiences with that we all know that I dabble in that dabble. field we yeah. dabble yeah but I had almost forgotten a life before not having wrinkles and having thick hair like existed like a time where like I remember right. I used to buy one mascara a year oh yeah and that was it and now, you know, like every day is like, oh my gosh, every, everyone everywhere has these perfect, amazing lashes and, but they're, they're not real. And now it seems like that's what, that's like the beauty ideal I should live up to if I want to look nice in a photo, but not so long ago, I would have been like, what the heck? Who's got time for that shit? <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. So I think that was actually something like really useful that I can take away from that, like speaking to sort of international students. And like being reminded that there is life outside where we live right now. And there's different, like, you know, you were talking about when you climbed Kilimanjaro and they, they basically referred to you as fat, but it was a compliment. But it was a compliment. It meant like you were powerful and awesome. (laughs) So I like, can you imagine something like calling someone fat here? Get punched. Yeah. Yeah. And probably sued. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that was, that was the, the favorite conversation, not when I had to admit that I didn't know who Harry Styles was. 
we got into a TikTok conversation talking to the kids about the TikTok and I think I mean I think I love it how you just called it the TikTok I think I would recognize (laughs) Harry Styles but you said he's in a boy band and I well he was he's now I would not have known the boy what boy band uh a One Direction oh I have heard of them Okay. So Watermelon like, Sugar High. So it's like Justin Timberlake, who was a member of that other boy band and that went solo. That's like Harry. Kind of, yeah, but British. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about having to study up on... You, you made know, me feel young in that moment. Young pop so I was like, culture. Oh, I know who well, he is. Well, if he's British, it makes sense that you would know who he is, I guess. <laughs> even if you're not young like them. But, um, but yes, we did talk about TikTok. And Lizzo and social media and all those other fun things as well. And who knows? We might end up in their um, their group project for the semester. That'd be cool. We open. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now to today's topic of conversation that we want to dive into. And that is navigating a training slump. Yep. And Good topic. I'm surprised we haven't really talked about it yet, actually. <laughs> And I'm sure that most people, if they're honest, like for some reason, I've never really kind of allowed myself to admit to this before. I've just been like, come on, you're just not trying hard enough. But it definitely has happened and it's definitely real um, and can be caused for a variety of reasons. But you mentioned it the other day that you were just kind of feeling a little bit like, ugh, not sure yeah. what I want to do, where I want to go with this, what feels good. So... Tell me a little bit more about it. Yeah. I mean, training slumps for me, they they definitely happen regularly. Like, I almost say annually or, or they, yeah, regularly enough. Um, I remember one of the main ones I remember was after climbing Kilimanjaro. So I was so excited to train for Kilimanjaro. And then the trip was so amazing. And when I came back, I feel like I... I didn't work out for like a couple months or something. So it was kind of this, um, I don't know, like postpartum travel kind of slump. Um, I don't really think the pandemic, the first year of the pandemic can count as a slump because everyone was navigating how to like do things then. Um, But I do feel like the one I'm going through right now is maybe similar to the Kilimanjaro one in that I think it, it kind of started to creep in when my Mount Elbrus trip was canceled. So the trip I was supposed to do this coming July um, to climb the Seven Summit in Russia. And, you know, I had been training so much for that and I was seeing really cool results with the kind of training I was doing. Um, And that training I was doing then kind of translated back into CrossFit when I went back to doing CrossFit classes and was getting great PRs and it was really energizing. And then when the trip officially got canceled, it was sort of like, oh, the thing I sort of was focusing on through all this other training um, was gone. And it's, you know, we have spoken about how destination postcard, like rightly, the idea of having something to focus on is generally very important um, mm-hmm. for motivation. And, and but, uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, gosh, the quote, I think Layla said it to her class the other day, and I feel like I have seen like every single influencer use this quote lately of uh, the person who loves walking will go farther than the person who loves the destination. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I'm going to take that, that quip of the day, um, you know, I would have thought I was really loving the training regardless. I was seeing results. I was having fun. Um, you know, end of last year when we talked about this, like we were both hitting some awesome PRs and it was very energizing, um, especially coming out of the pandemic and getting back into training. And I feel like Elbrus was kind of the destination, but I really would have said I was loving the process. Mm -hmm. And so having now lost that as the destination, I'm, I guess, a little bit surprised and I'm curious about why I seem to also have lost the love of the process. But I'm definitely like, I'm not super motivated to do CrossFit classes right now. And I'm also toying with the idea of, you know, going back to some other kinds of programming. Um, But even the gymnastics training that I was really jazzed about and in the fall and into the winter is, I don't know, I just haven't been doing it. So in the past, like if you've experienced this before, how have you course corrected? Has it literally been like latch onto a new like destination postcard, like latch onto a new thing I'm to train towards and reignite or take a break? Or like, what have you done in the past to get so, back on track? Okay. So after Kilimanjaro, I'm pretty sure that's when I tried bodybuilding for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, and that, so that like something completely like different, a totally different style of training. So I didn't come back to CrossFit. I came back, kind of flailed for a bit, and then started doing kind of functional bodybuilding. So just a very different style of training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic kind of hit. So <laughs> that um, obviously changed everything as well. But yeah, I mean, I feel like after the pandemic, what really helped pull me out was doing more like kind of uphill mountain sport training. So I think a couple times it has been like signing up for a new kind of program. Mm -hmm. So actually like, and I'm not going to discount that paying for something is motivating, right? So like signing up for a new program, even if it's just like five bucks a month, like kind of like we've talked about signing up for um, things like Go Water, Ramwad, like to make yourself stretch. Like even if it's a small fee, um, there's something motivating about that. So I think Styles of programming has definitely helped pull me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, other people definitely have though too, right? Like I think last year, kind of going back into doing CrossFit classes was part of that was because I was doing it with with you and like with Jeanette and with other people at the gym. Um, so yeah, probably a combo of kind of new new methods. And, and people, I think, have been what works in the past. So with, like, do, do you have any kind of future challenges that you've signed up for or got your eyes on or anything right now where you kind of like, oh, man, Elbrus was the big, the big kahuna burger and it's gone and now I don't know. I mean, I got to find another one of those. Like I had said back when Elbrus, it was looking, obviously, with what's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now, it was looking like it was going to get canceled. And I said, oh, I'll just, I'll do Mount Rainier. I'll, I'll find something in, in the United States that won't be subject to travel restrictions. But I kind of haven't done that. Like I haven't actually sought that So if out. you were to um, flip it, like this will be an interesting question for you. Like typically you've kind of gone, ooh, big adventure challenge. Cool. Yeah. How do I train for that? Motivated. Let's yeah. go. If you were to flip it and be like, okay, no 
shiny big prize on the horizon. But if I think about every possible kind of training from, I don't know, boxing to ballet, you know, <laughs> is okay. there anything that you can think of that you would be like, oh, this could be interesting. Never tried that or. Oh. Like as in like an actual, like almost like a, like a sport yeah. activity. Yeah. So, like, so that you, there's actually the uh, the element of falling in love with the process of learning it and working, you know, that's your yeah. thrill rather than, like, I'm going to sign up to climb a mountain or I'm going to walk a trail or whatever and therefore I'm going to train towards that. Just, like, I'm going to do this thing because I've got to now go in two, three times a week and learn something that I don't yeah. know how to make my body do that right well, now. Well, you know, it's funny you should ask that because I didn't really think of it this way. Because I I've also, I think, feel like so long ago, I settled into the fact that, like, hiking, backpacking, mountaineering, like, I feel like that's, like, my lifetime thing. That's going to always be there. Um, but I was recently thinking about trying outrigger canoeing. Oh, you know, I actually, like, was yeah. in touch with the lady yeah. when the pandemic hit. And I was all set to go and do, like, their trials. Yeah. And then it all got canned. And then I, like, a year mm-hmm. after the, the pandemic first shut things down, she was like, no, we still can't do it because there's still a six-foot distance yeah. thing in place. But... There are two clubs here in Santa Barbara. Um, one is, like, more competitive and one is more recreational. But, mm-hmm. like, it's like a club. You have to join yeah and then just like commit to going like certain nights a week and saturday mornings and stuff like that so i thought about that thinking about maybe trying out something totally different um because yeah that you're right that could be that could be something i mean i did try ballet years ago it did not grab me as anything that i would stay interested in um after the six classes i took it was just that was what i signed up for um, years of weightlifting and then yeah. ballet is probably the, the wrong way to go about it. Oh my Maybe gosh. The ballet yeah. it was the weightlifting. I wish we had taken like a class photo because me standing there next to all those ballerinas was hilarious. I mean, I was wearing like my typical gym clothes, which are like black tights and dark colors. And they are in pink tights with tutus and like. You know, all of all ages, like these are just normal adults who maybe used to dance or dance now, you know, at this point in their life. They're not like professionals or anything, but they all still look the part. And I did not. Um, outrigger canoe, though, is like, I think it's pretty badass and athletic. I mean, yeah, you're kind of like in a crouch position. So you have to have a really strong legs and squatting ability. Mm-hmm. And then it's like this very aggressive paddling, hinging kind of. So, I mean, it, it sounds very appealing in terms of like the athleticism um and that's some legitimate races too yeah oh yeah and yeah i mean i'll have to get used to like the cold water of the pacific out here that i always complain about and don't, I don't think it's in. too cold but no i think you're working too i think hard, their so. their trials are like in february yeah so and i mean i i would i would definitely start doing it recreationally but if i were any good i'm sure competitions are always kind of motivating like i do have a competitive spirit um, and I've actually thought about that, that maybe what it is too, is like, maybe I need to find a CrossFit competition to sign up for. Um, cause that is also very motivating. Um, yes. Yeah, kind of, I was thinking about the whole like CrossFit competitions. I used to do them. I wouldn't say frequently, but you know, a couple of times a year yeah, was definitely a fun. thing. 
And then, you know, I just decided, so before the pandemic was even a thing, I just decided that, uh, I was kind of over it. You were kind of done with competing, yeah. Well, there's also like a dearth in our area. Like we don't have a lot of, we don't have local comps really. And I, you know, I also think that at the time it was because when I was sort of doing the most competitions, I was still sort of fresh out of retiring from sailing and I still had this kind of like approach to CrossFit that I should, you know, I was freaking professional sailor so I should be like a professional crossfitter right. and like you're gonna jump right was getting into like, like my ass yeah. handed to yeah. me knowing like oh I'm quite shit at this compared to the good people <laughs> and then I wasn't able to top like of my game at sailing but yeah I wasn't game at CrossFit. I wasn't really able to be okay with that and so going to compete just kind of put me in a funk every time apart from the time we won the scaled division at like Battle of the Bosses right, we, yeah yeah and uh, and I was just like, I I don't want this to be miserable. <laughs> I mean, that's Already, true. I don't think I I don't know if I I don't think I ever did a competition RX. I've never. It was done. always scaled or intermediate. But most like yeah. more recently now, and like you know, I too have also recently. I mean, ten days off and eight time zones each way. Definitely, it's not helpful and I, I do I'm going to confess it out loud that I finally believe because in my head I'm 25 and I can still carry on like a 25 year old but I, I, I finally think that my body was pissed at me when yeah. I went from 10 days off multiple time yeah. zone crossings and then you know they say it takes about for every time zone that you cross it's about a day of recovery yeah and I yeah. crossed eight of them and yeah, you need a solid week, week and a half. And I went straight from like, I, I think I landed in LA 3 p.m. ish on the Sunday. I was in the gym on Monday and going at probably not my old time full speed, but you know, going but at you full were speed. trying to go full For yeah. where I was at. Yeah. And it's it's been a challenging couple of weeks. And part of that is, you know, age and stuff. And, and part of it is like environmental factors. Um, where I've just been in a, a mental funk, which yeah. has taken up. And it's something I talk about with nutri- nutrition clients a lot. Like, you know, people, when you got a lot, you got to think about your allostatic load, right? And when you, when you are experiencing periods of like high stress, family, work, life, or, you know, where, where just any kind of thing which is weighing on your mind is a source of stress. So then if you go into the gym, and you add another sort of source of stress yeah. that even if you're doing something that's well within your regular capacity, if your other stress loads are already higher than they should be, that's enough to put you over the edge. And Sorry, so I'm going to ask that question for, for my own benefit and perhaps our listeners. So allostatic load is just a, a combination of different stressors? It's the sum total of like all the loads on your body. Okay. So, you know, that's like stress. That's the physical stuff you put on your body. That's like compensation for any injury so you're moving in a different way which forces okay. your body so it's kind of a holistic yeah. picture of stress on your yes body. your entire okay. load and we all have and you can absolutely train your capacity to handle stress both physical right. and emotional and mental yeah but we all have like a kind of like this is the point that i can handle stuff to and going beyond that is where things start to go wrong and you know especially as so many of you know we talked so many times about like the gym being a place for like mental health as much as physical health. So 
you know, so often if we're stressed out, we go to the gym and like double down on our efforts in a bit to feel better. Counterproductive. Cool. <laughs> but going to the gym, absolutely, yes. Still, you know, apart from like extreme cases, like go to the gym, even if it's for 20 minutes and you're doing Z1 so cardio, good, right? Yeah. Right? You got out of the house, you distracted yourself and you're doing something physical and that is a good thing. But if you are experiencing a period of like a lot of stress, maybe you cross multiple time zones, different things are happening that you're, you don't usually have happening, and then you go into the gym and you continue at the same level of intensity, what a workout that you'd usually hit up and walk away with no problem is the very thing that might cause something to snap or right. break. Or, right. or in my experience in the last couple of weeks, just like extreme soreness and fatigue. Yeah. On a level that I would usually associate with like doing multiple hero workouts on a daily basis. Interesting. Yeah. And so your body's responding to clearly to more than just what's happening in the gym, what you're doing in the gym. Yeah. And so it kind of, after about a week of this, I was just like, damn, this is really it, like unmotivating. This doesn't, you know, working out's what I love. What is wrong with me? What's going on? And maybe I, maybe I have to call it quits and all of this stuff. And like, I'm able to be like, hang on. <laughs> I can't imagine you ever calling it quits. On, before on that, we, before we yes. go down this rabbit hole of like, you should probably just quit. It's like, let's, let's just take a step back, take a camera view. Let's check out the old load. Right. What check else out is what's happening? going on emotionally, mentally, physically, acknowledge the fact that you're almost 42 and you did a bunch of traveling and you took a bunch of time off so Ooh, we're within two months of the birthday we're getting there yes <laughs> yes um and that's a very good reason for a training slump and also you know part of like the emotional stuff was like knowing that i needed to make a change some things that are very significant in my life you know change is a messy process like even when you anybody who's ever broken up with like a you know for example a bad relationship and you know that you should go and there's many reasons why you should go but the actual process of going is kind of like but now I'm into territory unknown and am I doing the right thing and am I going to regret this and so I've been through a process of like making a big change and it's gonna be great and it's gonna like spark joy and remind me of my my why behind things but like it's an ass kicker yeah yeah. (laughs) for sure like I was in the gym yesterday just doing my gymnastics programming which I usually love to to do and can laugh at myself when I suck at things (laughs) that look so easy when I watch the demonstration videos and then I can't even figure out how to make my body do that and yesterday, like every time I, I tried to do some things that, that was tough, I just was like, I, this, I'm just shit. And fortunately, you know, I have enough training and stuff to recognize the mindset and be like, this is fine. You're fine. Like, this is not done. But all that being said, I was starting to think like, okay, I'm going to put myself in a new environment. My training will be reinvigorated. And I will also, for the first time in a long time, probably find myself around some athletes that are kicking my ass. 
Yeah. And that's... I suddenly got like that little flame of like excitement about the idea of like, what if I did think about getting back into some competitions again? And like not taking it too seriously. Like right. I don't want to pay money and show up to completely suck. <laughs> I also know that even being my age and being able to compete in like a sort of age related category there's still many many people that are significantly better at this sport than I am I mean I signed up for a competition once knowing that I might well come last right like one of the best competition I ever did was a competition that doesn't exist anymore the NorCal Masters up in Richmond like in the Bay Area and it was laid out like the categories of the the CrossFit games, like 35 to 39. I was in the 35 to 39 category, which is the youngest one of the competition. And I pretty much knew I was going to be like in the bottom quarter of that division. Mm -hmm. And it was still the best competition I ever did. I I PR'd and did things in that competition that I had never done before. But I recognize that that is not always, and it's it's hard to like, I mean, you, you thrive for training towards something. And yeah. living in that moment, like yeah. whether it's CrossFit, whether it's climbing a mountain. For me, I thrive on the pure love of the training and yeah. the competition yeah. I can take or leave. That's true. And you don't PR like in comps the way some people do. Typically, no. But you like to PR I think... quietly and alone. <laughs> listening, to <laughs> listening, listening to Disney. When no one's <laughs> looking, then I'm like, damn it, why is no one here? Um, but I, I've also tried to change that mindset too because it's like in the past I was comparing being really good at one professional sports career and now trying to do not professionally, but trying to another sporting sort of pursuit. And I was not as good, but now I have a kind of different approach to it and I can have a lot more fun with it. And I, I appreciate where I'm at. And I did just in the last couple of weeks where I was thinking about certain changes that I'm making to do with like gym environment and training and stuff. I got that little inkling of like, what if I did have a competition and what would that look like in terms of me trying to be the best version of me showing up for that competition? Uh, I know our listeners can't see this. Probably wouldn't be drinking wine right now. I, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to casually grab my phone and go to competition corner and uh, take stock of what competitions are coming up in the next Six months, maybe, in California. Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, we talked about this. Holding ourselves accountable. Saying it out loud on the podcast is uh, the way to make things happen. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I, definitely had a different kind of relationship with competitions in the past. But I think some of my favorites have been the ones we've competed in together. I mean, the oh, well, not the only time. Um, the only time I've been on a podium at a competition outside of the gym I'm a member of <laughs> was uh, was the one that we did. It's like one of my first competitions, probably that horrible one that they made us run three Not miles. Not the beachside one. Yes, that one, the beachside beatdown. Um, the surprise five k that we almost 5K. missed because we got lost. <laughs> That was brutal. A surprise 5K is the first workout of the day. But that was one that we... That was our first critical decision. Like, do we run together? or Because it was like your total time of both people. Oh, So it was like, do we run together? Or did someone try to go faster? And like, yes. 
I mean, gosh, I don't know. Not were any were either of us were you a good runner back then? I was certainly not. I've never been. So a good I think runner. I told. I think I said you can leave me behind. Just if you leave want me to. out here, and but I did. We ultimately. But like it, you weren't that far behind. No, we ultimately crossed. Actually, yeah, very similarly. Um, that's funny. Do you remember leaving me behind? I recall that we decided to stay together. No, we didn't. Really? <laughs> we stayed together for like the first. It was two laps of that park area. And we stayed together for the first lap, I think. And then mm, we finished se- right. We finished separately. Giant laps. God, that was horrible. I've blocked it from my memory. Um, but that was a really fun competition. You know, I think I PR'd my like clean in that and we got second place maybe in our division. I, I don't remember, but yeah. I mean Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of it, it's to go back into competing, it's I mean, like, we, we always joke about the CrossFit Games in the 60-plus category. Yeah. And there's definitely, like, a little piece of me that, like, that would be amazing. We still, <laughs> if I, still I could keep the body together for that long. 17 years to nail muscle-ups. You don't even have to do them, I don't think, by the time you're that old. Oh. Can there you imagine if you go your muscle-up for, like, 16 and a half years, and then we're like, yeah, you don't need them anymore. And, and I arrive like, there, and, like, you just, I'm you just have to do pull-ups. That's it. I'd be like, ugh. You're there doing muscle ups just because yeah. you can, um, but yeah, I got excited like after sort of think sort of, and it's always like I always find it when I'm in the gym alone, even though I don't mind training alone at all, and I'm kind of in my head and I'm feeling like oh, I don't know, man, maybe I'm just past all this shit, and then I'm like, shut the hell up, and I was I started to think about working towards something rather than just like hammering away at training and like what effect that would have on what my training looked like and how I ate and and all of that stuff and I got like a little itty bit excited about it okay you know so so. we need a destination (laughs) Rachel's over here like yeah. Licking her chops like well, a shark. This, this makes sense to me. You said this. Like, I am motivated by the destination. It sounds like you're kind of moving in that same direction. Like, it sounds like I need to fall in love with the process again, and you need a destination. Okay. Well, you heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> I now guess we, that's me. Like, now we keep ourselves accountable. Semi <laughs> sort of agreeing to to compete. Yeah. Um. Only in masters, though. I got well, yeah. no well, business well, lining up against the 20 year olds. Because that's also the thing, right? Like, I like, um, Hannah and I had a, a not so great competition experience years ago where we signed up for a division oh, yeah. um, where the movement standards for that division were changed at the last minute. So we signed up for a division knowing, okay, there's going to be pull ups, there's going to be, you know, they, they give you kind of standards to give you an idea of how you should sign up. And it, turned out that our division had been changed so that muscle-ups were now a possibility within that division. Um, and that was that was not cool. It was not a good experience. Um, Didn't, like, the workout change, like, in the night before? Oh, yeah, it was the night before. It was awful. But but I will say what, what I do like about competitions that do that, that sort of put out there, here are the standards for the division that you're signing up for, is, like, that would also give us or give you that destination of like, hey, that division might have insert whatever movement you maybe don't have yet or, right? Like you could also think through 
choosing something that would challenge one of the weaknesses you're working on as well. Like, what if, you yeah. know, a year from now, what if we were like, we'll do a competition that has muscle-ups in it? I would like to think. I'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> but I knowing you and how you, you know, think about, like, I don't want to show up and suck, you'd put in a lot of work toward muscle-ups, probably. I mean, yeah, I'm working on it, so, yeah. It's actually, it would be interesting for me... Now that I'm in a different place, a different headspace, and have a much greater understanding about all this stuff, to to sign up and approach it with a, like, heck, yeah, obviously I want to try as hard as I can, but I'm also going to have fun doing yes. it. And not yes. walk away miserable and beating myself up because right. I couldn't perform. And also, you know, I, I used to have a rule in competitions that if there was ever, like, heavy lifting that nobody I knew was allowed to be in my peripheral vision, like anywhere oh, in my vision. You rules, rules. I was just like, because if I see you guys or if you're yelling hard, I'm just going to get in my head. So I was always like, so in my head about lifting. Then it's going to F me up. And that's kind of gone now. Like that's not good. entirely, but like I'm not so like, because I've stopped telling myself I should be able to do this. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely still... Somebody who's probably going to just always PR in silence alone. Not in PR silence. Is PR in silence listening PR to PR listening Mermaid. to Disney alone <laughs> or maybe one other person in the room. Yeah. But that would be a good challenge for me too to just, you know, even if I don't get close to PR, just be okay with people coming and watching and cheering. Yeah, and be like, like, watching and cheering. If I miss fun. it, whatever. Yeah. You know, that doesn't matter. We, we can find the happy medium between like you know, caring way, way too much. And um, another friend of ours, when we did that four-person competition who was relaxed enough to eat a chili cheese dog right oh, before God. the burpee workout. And I had to burpee next to him, and he legitimately sweated. S- sweated chili cheese dog all over the place. And the floor was like, I think it was like a concrete floor. So as the sweat puddle grew, like every time it, I jumped over the bar slippery. and landed, yeah. I was literally slipping. I was yeah. like, I'm going to, if I slip that was the Ventura and Fairgrounds. So knock yeah, myself like... out on your <laughs> chili sweat, I'm going to be mad at you. Chili cheese dog sweat. All right. We'll find, we'll find the happy medium between those two things. Cause, cause I feel the same. Like I, I definitely, um, you know, I've done competitions with my, my, my partner and, you know, that was hard for me because I would take it more seriously than he did. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you have to want to win. Like it was, yeah. So we all kind of struggle with, uh, so if you were to give a good headspace. So if you were to give advice to somebody who operates like you, who is like typically needs a destination or something to work towards a goal, and then they're motivated to, to train Mm-hmm. And they'll train really hard once they've got a motivation. But when that motivation that doesn't exist, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. What advice do you give to that person who's in a, a slump? Apart from, oh, find something apart else to do. Finding, I was going to say, I was like, apart from the obvious, <laughs> which is just like pick another Endlessly chasing rainbows. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, what advice would I give? Okay, so, because that's a great question, because literally what you're asking me is, what advice am I giving myself yes. right now at this very moment in yes. my head? Um, so 
one thing I am trying to tell myself is um, remember, and even to the point of like being very specific and maybe writing down the times that I loved the process, mm-hmm. right? Like when I was just so into whatever the kind of training I was doing that I forgot about the destination because that's definitely happened, right? Um, and I think, yeah, that. that so if, if right now you were like, oh, I can't seem to be motivated by every, by anything, there, I, I, there's nothing I'm working towards, and you did that, and you wrote that down, and you, you went back to, like, say, mm-hmm. bodybuilding, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Do you think you would be like, okay, let's try bodybuilding again. Let's revisit that and see. I mean, I might. I don't know if I would do it with that particular functional bodybuilding, but I do think, like, here, here's an example of, like, loving the process so much that, like, the destination ended up not mattering. Like, back in the fall, one of the things I was working on was a strict ring muscle-up, right? I was really interested in strict gymnastics work. Mm-hmm. I was dedicated to a program, like the app I was following, um, you know, I was just doing the workouts. I was trusting the process that was given to me and I was really enjoying it. I still have yet to get that strict ring muscle up, Mm -hmm. um, but I did get some kipping bar muscle ups. Like I got something else that felt very cool along the way, even though that wasn't the destination. So I think like it's times like that, like that's what I would be like writing down is like, hey, remember that time you just focused on the process and enjoying the process and being dedicated to a process and then just letting the destinations reveal themselves, I guess, is kind of how that played out. Um, because gymnastics is one of those things where, like, I don't know how you feel about your gymnastics work, but, like, there's not, like, an ultimate destination. Everything is, like, so far beyond my capabilities right now that it it kind of has to be about loving the process because <laughs> like I don't gymnastics I, is like an ego squasher it, it, it is it's so <laughs> humbling and like I mean just the thought of being able to like handstand walk for even 10 feet seems so far out of reach much less like what we're going to see people do at the games later this year on like you know obstacle course handstand stuff um so yeah so I feel like that's kind of what the advice I'm giving myself right now is trying to think through the times where the process has been what brings me joy. Okay. Nice. But yeah. I'm definitely also going to have to find some other destinations. Because, <laughs> like, I just, I know that's how I work. And I, I, I just, even if it is, like, honestly, what I'm, even your destination of you possibly being interested in a competition again that would like weirdly be like motivation by osmosis for me to also like keep up with like fun CrossFit stuff, even if I decide to focus on something different for a while. Um, Cause I'll want to do that competition with you. Okay. So there you go. Find other people. That's find other thing. people. Yeah. Your tribe. What about you? What's the, what, what advice Ooh. do you give yourself? Cause you're in this time of transition, even in terms of your community and like what you're, training might look like and I think yeah it's you know it's a funny thing to be able to show up and train hard for no other reason than just the love of training hard and I think 
in in terms of like crossfit stuff really it's probably always been my ego that's gotten in the way of having a destination because mm. you know like i have been in the gym that we've been at for a few years i've been one of the better athletes where by one of the better you mean the best athlete well no because like we're we're comparable we're different okay. well yes we're different Sometimes. we're good at different things we are good at different things and but like yes. Jeanette's like come up like like a crazy woman in the yeah. last year yeah. um and ten, there are 10 other... years younger <laughs> yeah um, you're right no there are some athletes that definitely push but yes for many years now we have been among the top athletes at our gym and you know which is wild because you know Talk, thinking had, like competitions like I, I don't feel like I deserve to no. be in that position all past gyms I've been at I've definitely not been definitely not been up this, there no. um I think that yeah like a destination is in CrossFit like a competition it's really just an ego thing that leads me to be like I don't want to be shown up for what I really am I'm in this comfortable little bubble but I'm literally about to make changes where just showing up at the gym is probably going to highlight to me that I'm really not one of the best athletes and that's good and I'm excited for that challenge um so I'd say for people like me you know don't be don't fear the destination it's not like a all or nothing experience it's not like you either win it or all is lost yeah it's an experience and there's always a takeaway from an experience and, you know, unless that's, you know, your, your life depends on that, your income depends on that. And even then, you shouldn't be like all or nothing. But Even then, hopefully it's still fun. For me, in terms of like doing something like a CrossFit competition, you know, regardless of how it pans out, regardless of whether I PR or I'm 15 pounds off my PR, that doesn't matter. Like, I still worked towards something and I showed up. And I was a teammate and I represented a gym or a group of people or 42-year-old women or whatever it is. <laughs> 42-year-old women everywhere. Yes. You know, sometimes I need to, and this kind of makes me think of like what we talked about at UCSB with regards to like curating your social media feed. Mm -hmm. My social media feed is piled high with professional CrossFit athletes. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I should be like that. And, I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of... What I should we be... We should laugh at ourselves for that kind of... Thought. What it's I true. should be is really freaking proud that I can do what I can do. Yeah. And that I can still get better at it. And that I still have, you know, that innate love for pushing hard and training hard and believing that I'm still capable of more. And... Yeah. At no point yet have I been like, I should probably slow the fuck down. I'm 42 years old soon. What am I doing here? It's been like, I'm about to be 42. I want to be better than I was at, mm -hmm. at 41. And I want to walk into a new gym where there's 20-something-year-old and surprise the shit out of them. Yeah. And and be an inspiration. And the way I do that is to, to go out into the world and put myself in these environments where all sorts of people from all sorts of different walks of life and age groups are there watching. So 
Drop the ego, yeah. Drop the ego. <laughs> it's so true. Because, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, we are in spaces, I feel like, where uh, when people find out how old we are, they are surprised. And it's not just because of the way maybe our faces look or, you know, but I think it is because of what we're doing. Um, I had a recent experience where I was in a conversation with someone. It was a, a man who was yeah, a fair bit older than I am. Um, and when I told him what I did kind of for, for my own training and, and as a coach, he laughed at me and was like, oh, you'll grow out of that. And I was so upset. And I, I, I looked at him. I was like, I sincerely hope not. Oh, nice because answer. Because I am still getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, you know, yeah, I think it's it awesome that. so interesting. I'm, we're still getting better. And I'm doing it without the kind of crazy like one track mind that I had maybe 10 years ago like there is no way now where I'm at in life where I'm willing to be like okay I'm never gonna drink alcohol again I'm only eating chicken and broccoli it's like no I, I eat I'm gonna eat well I'm gonna eat healthy because I like to but am I gonna stop having glasses of wine or like tomorrow we're going day drinking in the afternoon we right are. after back-to-back we workouts and I'm <laughs> I'm very excited about it. And I still want to see like how long I can keep getting better for while having my life too. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I mean, I, you know, we joke about uh, making it to the games as 60 year olds, but like, it's not a joke. I mean, I sincerely (laughs) hope it's not, I mean, maybe, maybe we won't get to the games because the way athletics, well, the way athletics are progressing, (laughs) like, by the time we get to 60, I mean, I don't know, but the 60-year-old the category could be, like, doing crazy muscle-ups. And, I mean, everything. No, no, no. This will be people that are working, but, that are there now, and then right. they'll be worn out, and then they'll we're going to come out, but, on in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really And we'll convince them it's... to have a team of two. Yeah. Where, Ooh, where you're true. allowed to, like, hydrate with wine, and we'll have a great time. You know, that's a good point. There are no age group teams yet. Maybe that'll be a thing by the time we are older, because that'd be fun. I so love watching. The we teams we could like partner clean a hundred pounds or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will work on that. Those circus tricks where we're on one giant. Whoever's got the worst arthritis for <laughs> that affects a particular movement, the other one can back them up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this we got a plan. We got a plan. You know, we're going to the games. We'll just find the right people and plant the idea. Yeah, absolutely. good. I I will. And, you know, now that we've mentioned that, I will have one of my final thoughts say um, the death, you know, if destinations are motivating, um, the fact that we are going to Madison this August to go watch the games um, is actually something that is very motivating to me right now. one, I think just mentally, it's going to be so inspiring because mm-hmm. I've never really seen a live competition of a sport that I actually do. We may need to take binoculars to be able to see the stage. But, well, you know, whatever. Either way, I think <laughs> it's going to be epic. I think we're going to be really inspired. And then I will admit, because this podcast, we also told the UCSB class, this is about vulnerability as well. Um, I do despite the fact that it's ironic, maybe given what the message of our podcast sometimes is, but like I am feeling a little bit of pressure to physically look my best because we're going to the games. Like I know it's silly and I, I, I will still wear the damn shorts regardless because it's going to be hot in Madison and 
Um, but there is this part of me that is like, oh, that there's that there's that thing, that preconceived notion because of the athletes on our Instagram feed that are like, ooh, can I turn up at the games looking like a normal athlete or like, do I need to try to make my abs pop before then? So tanning, tanning. We'll get a can't tone a tan it. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get one of those six pack tans. We'll <laughs> be fine, and then we'll take shaker bottles. So it looks like we're drinking protein when we're actually drinking wine. And no one will ever know. <laughs> the shaker bottle full of wine. Margaritas, maybe. Okay, marks are fine, too. Yeah. Skinny marks, obviously. Totally. Skinny protein marks. Ew. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, anyway, lemon, all that being there, said. There is a lemon meringue-flavored protein. We could oh. give that a go with tequila, but that Yikes. sounds bad. All that being said. That if you find yourself in a training slump or a little bit lost, if you're somebody like Rachel who needs a destination to work towards, it's totally normal and it's totally okay. And and it will pass. And I don't really think there's any need to kind of force it. No. Just don't quit on yourselves. Like laying on the, so- the couch, like drinking beer all day and eating crap is not going to help you get inspired. But maybe like just some going for some walks. Tuning into what has worked for you in the past. Thinking about something, even if it seems outrageous, and then maybe reverse engineering it to something that seems possible. But it's okay to have moments where you kind of reassess and go, what am I working towards here? Is it fun? Am I in the right place to make it fun? Am I surrounded by the right people? And quite Uh, often... Other people definitely help with the fun. The environment factor... is the key piece to the puzzle because you may be along the right lines but if you're in the wrong place or surrounded by the wrong people it may just feel like it's not the right thing to do yeah so there we go we're gonna get out of the training slumps we'll we'll keep you all posted on on how we get out of them we will be signing up for the crossfit games this summer in the new Teams of two same sex sixty plus division. They exactly. didn't even know they needed. They don't even know they need it, and we're gonna we're gonna convince them. Wearing our shorts yeah. with our fake yeah. tan six packs. Are we gonna take the microphone with us? Are we gonna do live podcasting from? I Madison? think we should. I think we should. We don't maybe don't need the whole microphone. We want the microphone. We'll we could just do crappy laptop audio. We're gonna live podcast. Heck yeah! <laughs> As ever, thank you so much for listening. Share it around. This has been episode thirty-five, and we will see you soon.